Welcome to the Fear Not Podcast from First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. This is Senior Pastor Bob Fuller coming to you with your No Fear Word of the Day. So over the last few days, I've been thinking a lot and praying a lot about how I as a pastor and how we as the church can really make a difference during this very strange time. And the word that just kept coming up to me was the word encouragement. I kept thinking, if there's anything that I can do or share with my family, something that might make a difference in these anxious times, what would that thing be? What would I want to share with them today? And the word that just keeps coming to my mind is the word encouragement. So this is a quick podcast for our family and friends in San Antonio and whoever might listen, from a church that's trying to lift up Jesus Christ, love one another, and love the city through this COVID-19 challenge. I think it was Pastor Rick Warren, author of the bestseller, The Purpose Driven Life, that once said that in different ways, using different words, the Bible tells us to have no fear 365 times. Now, whether it says it as be not afraid or have no fear or fear not, the Bible tells us not to be afraid 365 times. And to me, that sounds like a good foundation for a podcast about living each day with courage. I hope that as days go on, you'll share some stories with me about examples of courage and compassion as you see them happening in real time. Because right now, it's too soon to tell whether this is going to be a time of temporary discomfort or a real crisis. But if we go into it with the understanding that our God is in control, that our Lord Jesus Christ loves us, that he has a plan and purpose for our lives, that he has a position for us on his team and a place for us at his table, then we're going to find out that even this barren time can bear real fruit. You know, yesterday was the first Sunday that we as a church and many other churches worshiped without gathering together physically in the same space. And one of the things that I said in my opening remarks for that service was that it was just really weird. I mean, we worship all the time. We even broadcast weekly through our podcasts or on the radio or through Facebook Live. But whenever we worship, we always do it together. You know, it was so strange preaching to an empty sanctuary. Only the members of our worship team and technical team and ministerial team were there to hear it. And yet knowing that members of our congregation were going to be listening and sharing these words and this time and these prayers and the Lord's presence, getting together virtually, uh, just in a different kind of way, made it special in a whole different kind of way. It wasn't the same, but it showed the power of the church together, even when we can't do it face to face. I think one of the hardest parts of our present crisis is the call for social distancing. You know, it's usually our first impulse and honestly our best response to come together in times of great need and in times of great uncertainty You know, we may not know what's going to happen next, but it always comforts us to know that we can face whatever trial it is together. Well, this situation is different. One of the best ways to combat this crisis 
is to distance ourselves from one another, to distance ourselves from one another physically so that we won't pass from person to person the very disease that we're trying to defeat. But while that may be good for the body, it really doesn't feel good for the soul. We want to be together. And that's why we need to remind one another and help one another understand that our separation is not driven by fear, but by love of our neighbors and our responsibility to one another. Prudence is not the same thing as fear. In fact, one of the most loving things that we can do during this time is to be mindful of how our actions, our contacts, our travels, our own exposure and health affects the lives of others. One of the things that I mentioned was that even though it was weird to be worshiping without being together, there's still something special about that weirdness. The word weird is an old Germanic word that means more than just abnormal or unusual. It means supernatural. It means mystical or mysterious. It means strange, but in a spiritual way. And I think that part of the weirdness of this time is God's supernatural hand squeezing us together and squeezing us to get something new out of us. It's like God is squeezing a sponge, seeing what will come out of us under pressure. So even though I'm anxious about this time, just like all of you, I really believe that God is going to use this time to squeeze something new and special out of us, something powerful, something deep, and maybe even something weird, something that our world does not expect. Now, in this time, we need to stay connected. We need to remind each other that there's a difference between isolation and distance. We can't become isolated in a crisis like this, nor can we allow others to become isolated. Now, thanks to decades of innovation, every single one of us has in his or her possession, or probably even in your hand right now, a communication device called a smartphone that will keep us connected even when we can't be together. And what I want to say about that is that it's just as much our responsibility to stay connected and vigilant about one another, reaching out with compassion over telephone lines, as it is for us to stay separated physically to curtail the spread of the virus. And I want us to think about this time as a great time for us to get creative about how we stay connected as a community using unusual means like technology. In addition to remembering that this is a time to really pay attention to our connections, we need to remember that this is a time for compassion as well. As the days and weeks go on under this new pressure, we are all going to have to think beyond simply our own needs. Our city lives on the edge every day. San Antonio has the highest disparity of wealth, that is to say the greatest distance between wealthy and impoverished of any major city in the country. It's hard to believe. But that means that a great number of people will be dangerously vulnerable during this crisis. The elderly, the working poor, our homeless neighbors, and really children at all economic levels. So we want you to know that even though our ministries of compassion will take different forms, 
We've been in ready and constant contact already with our mission partners and with others with whom we work around the city to figure out how to continue to serve our neighbors and our neighborhood throughout this crisis. We can't do everything the same way we've always done it, but we're still going to be doing a lot. And I always want you to remember that we have one important, powerful tool at our disposal. Prayer is one of the most important gifts that we have. It's not a last resort. It is the most powerful thing we can do. We need to pray not only for ourselves, but for those most at risk in this crisis. I want to propose that we set aside a time of prayer each day for us as a congregation to stop and pray at the same time. A time for us to stop and pray for one another, for our city, for the glory of Jesus Christ, and for our neighbors. So I propose that wherever you are at noon each day, that we hold a prayer vigil. You just stop and take a few minutes to pray for your neighbors, for our families, for our covenant partners, for our friends, for our city, and especially for our leaders. We should pray for health, for guidance, for clarity for our leaders, and especially for a cure and relief from this sickness. Most of all, we should continue to pray for courage and patience as we trust in the Lord's healing. So let's take a moment to just have an update of where we stand right now. Just like all of you, the leadership of the church has been following the developments in the COVID-19 situation very carefully. And over the last few days, the city has made a proportionate response by moving incrementally as the situation develops. We've decided to follow the same course of wisdom in our own proceedings. Rather than make long-term or sweeping decisions, we're going to move forward with patience, with courage, and with intelligence. Therefore, we are suspending all church activities for the week of March 16 through 20, and that includes our evening activities. We're going to do that until we get a clearer picture moving forward. We also need to say a word about our Children's Center. The Children's Center will continue to follow the leadership of the San Antonio Independent School District, or SAISD, until further notice. They tie their schedule to SAISD so that parents will have a clear means of communication and information about school closings. But with all of that in mind, we ask you to please see the First Presbyterian Church website, that's fbcsanantonio.org, and to check our app for continuing updates. We also want to recommend the Ready South Texas app. That's a place where you can get all kinds of local information and updates. Our, our own Harvey Howell, who has a lot of experience in disaster assistance, has encouraged everyone to download that Ready South Texas app. So thank you for giving me a few minutes just to make some introductory remarks and to convey some of that information. But now let's get to the heart of this podcast, which is to talk about God's encouragement throughout his word. Let's start our no fear word of the day in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. The Lord said to Isaiah, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I think it's wonderful that 
in this necessary season of social distancing that God reassures us with his presence. Let's take a look at that first no fear promise that we're going to be studying. He says, fear not, for I am with you. You know what? If you examine the advertising campaigns of most insurance companies, you'll notice that there's a common theme running through all of them. More than their policies, good insurance companies want to sell you on their people. It's not about the policy you've bought. It's about the people who will be taking care of you in your crisis. Think about it. You're in good hands with all state or consider the state farm jingle. Just say the jingle like a good neighbor. State farm is there and your agent will be magically teleported to your side. Even if they don't directly reference their people in their slogan, the presence of their people is always the foundation of their work. When ruin strikes, when anxiety strikes, when trouble strikes, you need people. I mean, what's worse than crying out for help and no one comes? You know, whether we're dealing with a fire or a car accident or a sickness, we have so many people who come out and support us. That's what makes this whole crisis right now so difficult. We cannot run to one another because of the necessity of keeping our distance from one another. But whatever the situation may be, we need people. We need that presence. And God says that even when your people cannot come to help you, I am going to be with you. Yes, we are all connected through his Holy Spirit. But on top of all of that, encompassing all of that, holding all of that is God's presence. So one question we need to ask ourselves is, who are your people? Who are your people? Who are the people who are going to come to your aid? Who's going to be with you? Well, God says to Israel, God says to his people, you are my people and I am your God. He doesn't just say, I am a God. He says, I am your God. In Hebrew, the words there that name God are the words Yahweh Eloheinu. And this is not just a, a name of identity. This is a designation of relationship because the name Yahweh Eloheinu means I am your God. I'm your God and you are my people. And so what God is saying here is that the best thing that I have to offer you in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of crisis, and in the face of COVID-19 is my presence. Fear not, for I am with you. And again, it's not just that I am God. He says, I'm your God. This is not just about identity. It's about relationship. But let's think about that a little bit more deeply too. God's presence is a comfort because God is God. He's not just another sympathetic, warm body. His presence is a comfort because he is God. As it says in verse 8, just a couple of verses before the one we read, his presence is locked in on the ironclad covenant promises that God made to his people, that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He created everything. That means that he doesn't just know a lot. He knows everything. He can actually do something. 
He does not just say, I'm so sorry, but I'm, but I'm here, even though I can't help. He says, fear not, I am with you, because he can actually make a difference. He's like the farmer's insurance commercial. We know a lot because we've seen a lot. Well, God knows everything because he has seen everything. He has seen every day. And when you look at this passage, God is saying, I will be with you. I have not cast you off. You are in good hands. I am here. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God comforts us. He says, do not be afraid because of his presence. He can offer presence and power that nobody else can offer. You know, right now we are in a wilderness of sorts. We've never been in this place before. We don't know the way out or how long we're going to be here. And I know that we're all anxious, anxious about work, anxious about business, anxious about family members far away from home and keeping kids busy for extended weeks of spring break. We're nervous. We're anxious about going out in public. And we're all nervous about how long this is going to last. And that's why God says, fear not. I'm with you. No matter how long this takes, I am with you. We may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. So that's going to wrap it up for today's broadcast. Just a few things I want you to remember. Remember, wherever you are at noon until the end of this crisis, remember, let's get together for a prayer vigil. Remember to pray at noon, wherever you are, just stop. Take a few minutes to pray for your family, for yourself, for your community, for the church, for our city, for our leaders, for our nation. Remember to pray for those who are sick already and who are afraid of what's coming around the next turn. I want to invite you all to check out the prayer wall on the First Presbyterian Church app, as well as the care and concern line that keeps coming out. Remember to lift up each member of our congregation and your community in prayer. You can also look at our Mission 938 daily text that reminds you of our mission partners in the city and around the world. Please keep praying for them as you pray for all those in need. We want to remember to Engage in prayer through our 40 Days of Prayer booklets and the app available through the FPC app. And we just want to take as many opportunities as we can to encourage our neighbors and show them why we are not afraid. Again, this is Senior Pastor Bob Fuller with the Fear Not broadcast from First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, have no fear.